Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to our Missions Conference Week. Let's stand together, sing a hymn, hymn 526. Let's sing hymn 526. Bring them in. Let's all stand and sing hymn 526. Let's all stand. Verse number one. Hark, tis a shepherd's voice I hear Out in the desert dark and drear Calling the sheep who've gone astray Far from the shepherds fall away Bring them in, bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin Bring them in, bring them in Bring the wandering ones to Jesus Verse 2 Who'll go and help this shepherd kind? Help him, the wandering ones, to find. Who'll bring the lost ones to the fold, where they'll be sheltered from the cold? Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Verse 3. Out in the desert hear their cry. Out on the mountains wild and high. Heart is a master speaks to thee. Go find my sheep wherever they be. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring the wandering ones to Jesus. And welcome to the 2018 White Oak Baptist Church Missions Conference. So glad to have all of you here today and excited about uh, what the Lord is going to do here at our church over the next few days. Enjoyed the Sunday School Hour with Dr. Cox. Thank you so much for that. And then uh, the teenagers, I believe, had Brother Carter upstairs. And then the uh, little the children had Mrs. Cox. And so everyone got exposed to some missionary uh, work today, this morning in the Sunday School Hour. And just really excited about what God's going to do with us. In just a moment, we're going to have you meet our missionaries, uh, the ones that are here. We had one missionary not able to make it. He had a family crisis. The Collins were going to be here from Mexico. And uh, they, they ended up having to cancel out on us kind of at the last minute. But we do have three missionary families here. And so excited about uh, you getting to meet them. And um, two of them we've been supporting for many years. And one of them is a new, new uh, couple to our church. Not new to my wife and I. We've known them for some time. But excited about the church getting to know them this week. And so excited. Good to see Matt and Leah here. Matt and Leah had a baby. And uh, since they were here last, we got the baby in the service. So... Excited for you guys. Congratulations. All right. Everybody say, aww. Really sweet. Very good. Well, good. Let's greet one another in the Lord. We'll come back and sing that chorus in just a moment. Thank you. 
All right, let's sing that chorus as we find our uh, seats. Bring them in. And I'm going to have each, uh, each of the missionaries stand and introduce themselves as well as uh, the family they have here. And we'll start uh, right here in the front with Dr. Cox. Very good. All right. Thank you for being here today. And we'll go over here, Brother Carter, next. Very good. Thank you, Brother Carter. We'll get getting to hear from you a little bit later. Brother Raider? Brother Mark, tell us about the kids that are in Peru that are being watched back back in Peru. Very good. Thank you, Brother Mark. Very good. Glad to have you here. Well, it's, um, it's one of those weeks where I would encourage you to get, get by the tables in the back. If you have kids, uh, have uh, the missionaries sign the kids' Bibles and uh, get, just get as much exposure to them as you can. And be here all the service as possible. You may have noticed our new missions display in the back. Uh, we took the map off the wall. It was starting to peel off anyway. And we have a digital map back there. You can touch the various icons representing where our missionaries are, and they will tell you uh, they'll pull up the most recent newsletter from those missionaries so you can read them that way uh, off the kiosk. I'd encourage you to go back uh, sometime during this week and, and uh, uh, look at that, enjoy that, and that will be the permanent missions display ahead. So if it's swarmed and uh, you can't get to it, come back another week. I'm sure you'll be able to find your, uh, your chance there. But very good. Thank you for being here today. Let's open the service with a word of prayer. Ask God to do something special. Pastor Mike, if you would come, open us in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this missions week that we're about to embark on. Lord, thank you so much for the missionaries that are represented here. I do pray for our service this morning that you bless it, Lord. Uh, be with those that are sick uh, this morning. And we pray uh, your special hand of healing on them. Lord, give us a good day today. We pray in your holy name. Amen. All right, if you'll take your songbook, 529 in the songbook, <clears throat> 529, we'll sing, we'll work till Jesus comes, hymn 529. O land of rest, for thee I fly, when will the moment come, when I shall lay my armor by and dwell in peace at home? We'll work till 
Jesus comes, will work. Till Jesus comes, will work. Till Jesus comes and will be gathered home. Verse 2. No tranquil joys on earth I know. No peaceful sheltering dome. This world's a wilderness of woe. This world is not my home. Will work till Jesus comes. Will work till Jesus comes. Will work till Jesus comes and will be gathered home. Verse 3. I saw it at once my Savior sigh, no more myself shall roam. With him I'll brave death's chilling tide and reach my heavenly home. Will work till Jesus comes, will work till Jesus comes, will work till Jesus comes and will be gathered home. All right, good to have our bus teams in the service with us this morning. Excited to have them in the service. Let's have our ushers go ahead and come forward at this time. And uh, we'll uh, greet any guests that we have visiting today. And so if you're visiting with us for the first time, or it's your first time in a while, if you wouldn't mind, just slip up your hand. We'd love to get you a connection card as well as a gift as a thank you for being here. Anybody visiting today? All right. Just looks like our regulars today, gentlemen. Thank you very much. And then if you go ahead and get that other item ready. While they're doing that, uh, in the back we do have these across the seas uh, conference brochures that have the um, information about the bio information and whatnot about the uh, missionaries as well as the conference schedule. And so before you leave today, if you'll pick one of these up, if you haven't yet gotten one, they'll be in the, in the back in the lobby at the conclusion of the service. Our missions giving program here is uh, very robust. God has given us a uh, wonderful opportunity to support so many missionaries. And our, ch- our church currently supports 59 missionaries at $100 a month. And many of you give faithfully and consistently to that to make that happen. We have had a lot of newer people in the church uh, over the last few months. And maybe some of you have been coming here a long time but aren't really giving. And then uh, all of us that do give have the opportunity uh, and, and the obligation even to give uh, more as the Lord leads us. Ushers, you go ahead and come forward with those at this time. Um, each year, we ha- during our missions conference, uh, we pass out uh, these brochures. And if I could get one of those, that'd be great. And this enables us to give through a program called Faith Promise Giving. Faith Promise Giving. And so um, uh, these will be distributed. You'd ask for every family to take one. Guys, you could go ahead and start uh, passing those out there. Uh, we ask that uh, every family take one that regularly attends. The idea of Faith Promise Giving is that you rely on the Lord to provide to you, and then you turn around and give that to missions. And it isn't that you're going to wait for God to drop a $20 bill in your lap before you put that in the plate. It's that you say to the Lord, God, I believe that if I put this $20 in the plate toward missions, that you're going to make up the difference by faith and provide for my needs. Now, faith promise giving is not done before tithing. It's done after we tithe. And so for some of you here that are not yet tithing, Uh, Before I would admonish you to give toward this, let me admonish you first to give 
your 10% of your income uh, to the Lord, as is a biblical concept. Those of you that are giving your 10% to the Lord, let me encourage you to give faithfully to our missions program. Dr. Cox so eloquently explained in the uh, uh, Sunday school hour that we're all commanded to go and to go to the entire world. So how does one give the gospel here and abroad at the same time? Well, the answer is you give it here and then you give to those who go abroad. And White Oak Baptist Church is blessed. If you look at that map on the uh, TV screen in the back of the auditorium, you'll see that we have dots all over the globe. And so by putting money in the plate here that goes into our missions fund, which pays our missionaries, and you are helping to give the gospel around the globe. And so the challenge is uh, to those who don't give uh, to our missions program is consider this card. And uh, uh, we're not going to collect them today. We'd like you to take these home and pray over them. We will collect them Tuesday and Wednesday of the conference. If you're not here Tuesday and Wednesday of the conference, you can turn it in next Sunday, although I would encourage you to be here all conference long. If you are giving, I would encourage you to pray about how the Lord could help you to increase your giving and give more to our missions program. So if you'll notice on your card there, uh, you will fill that out. You will tear off and turn in the right side. Uh, There is no place for you to write your name. We're not interested in knowing who's giving what, but this will help us to be able to plan as far as bringing extra missionaries on. And so uh, please uh, uh, make this a matter of prayer. How many of you this week will say, Pastor, I will make this a matter of prayer about what the Lord will have me to do to get the gospel abroad uh, to the world? Uh, as Brother Cox mentioned this morning, four billion people have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. Your dollars can help make that possible. So make it a matter of prayer this week and we'll be collecting these on Tuesday and Wednesday. All right. With that said, at this time, we'll have our choir come and sing for us. In heaven, God is sitting on his throne, anticipating another soon become his own. Years of wasted living and years of toil and strife are just about to be over as he receives the gift of life.
If you'll stand with me, hymn number 561 in the songbook, let's stand and sing hymn 561. We'll sing, I love to tell the story, all four verses, hymn 561. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and His glory, of Jesus and His love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory to tell the old story of Jesus and his love. Verse 2. I love to tell the story, more wonderful it seems, than all the golden fancies of all our golden dreams. I love to tell the story, it did so much for me. And that is just the reason I tell it now to thee. I love to tell the story, will be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Verse 3. I love to tell the story, tis pleasant to repeat. What seems if I might tell it, more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard. The message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love on the last. I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, will be the old, old story that I have loved so long. 
You can be seated. Ushers, you can make your way forward. What an exciting week we have planned. Tonight after the service, our uh, youth group will be loading up on our shuttle bus as well with our, um, uh, with our missionaries and heading over to Five Guys Burgers and Fries to enjoy a burger with the missionaries and get to know them a little bit better. So if you have teenagers in our youth group, be here and you will, um, you'll, they'll, they'll enjoy that. So uh, as soon as church dismisses tonight, they'll be heading out to that. And then uh, Tuesday night, we'll be having the international dinner. I believe there's a sign-up sheet in the lobby. You can sign up for that. And so uh, bring your best international dish. You say, I'm American. Well, then bring some American food. We'll just eat. Amen? Food's, food is good, and we're Baptists, and we eat. So bring that on in. We'll have a good time. And then if you are of another uh, country and you have the outfit of that, we would encourage you to put that on and wear that and uh, wear, wear that garb. If you have garb from another country, but you're American, you're welcome to dress up as well. So uh, we're going to have a good time at that international dinner on Tuesday night. All week long, we've got a lot of exciting things planned. Plan to be here for each service in the missions conference, and you will be glad you did. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll collect this morning's tithe offerings and faith promise giving. Brother Mike Kinkowski, if you would lead us in prayer.
your prayer this week is that you'll you'll be willing to go be willing to go thank you so much for that song brother carter looking forward to how the lord's going to use you in our service today faithful missionary to japan for 42 years serving the people there and a missionary excited to hear about your work and how god's going to use you in your sermon come on up and preach for us this morning good morning everybody I'll teach you an easy Japanese word, Ohio. <laughs> Ohio. Uh, if you want to be polite, you can say Ohio gozaimasu, but Ohio is fine. Um, it, it's such a blessing of mine to be with you, and thank you, preacher, uh, for your uh, leadership here at the church. I, I love preaching to a, a nice crowd, and this looks like a nice crowd. I, I don't know for sure, but it looks pretty good. <laughs> But uh, thank you for your faithfulness and, and, and your wife, and uh, I appreciate your uh, work here as well. And thank you for being here, each and every one of you. 
I'm going to be sharing a little bit about our work there in Japan. Uh, you know, one thing that is very difficult for missionaries is to pause or slow down. Uh, we don't like to stop. Uh, I've been doing it for 42 years. I've planted four churches, and, and I'll have an opportunity to share my video during this missionary conference of Japan, but uh, 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 I've, uh, I, I just don't like to stop. I like to keep going, doing what God's called me to do there in Japan. And so it's very difficult for me to take a furlough. Uh, but my oldest son, Stephen, is now there in Japan with me. He's been working with me about 14 years. And the church that we were just getting started when he came to Japan, uh, we were able to turn over to my son, Steve. And he's got that church now. And, and, uh, and just about a year ago, uh, after we turned it over, we, my wife and I were praying about what we should do. Uh, we were thinking about starting another church, but in Japan, it takes at least 15 years to get a church started. And we would be way into our 80s, and we didn't feel like that was of the Lord's will. And then we started praying about it. And uh, one morning I was reading the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, verse 15, and it says, In returning and rest, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And God just spoke to my heart and he says, man, you haven't had a furlough in 12 years. I mean, you need to get back to your churches and report. And uh, after that, God began to work in my heart and uh, show my uh, wife and I what we should be doing. And number one is to come back, not only to report, but first of all, and most important of all, is to thank each and every one of you uh, for your uh, faithfulness to us. Um, most of you, uh, many of you probably do not know who we were, but you prayed for us anyway. And, uh, and, th- and that takes uh, uh, a lot of uh, consecration. But thank you for your prayers and for uh, your uh, financial sacrifices uh, to our ministry there in Japan and for uh, worldwide missions in general. And you know, God only knows... Uh, how much each of you play in a tremendous role when it comes to uh, souls being saved in Japan. Uh, For the last two months, I've been traveling with my mother. She's 86, but she's in very good health. And she had the privilege of traveling with me to meet all my preachers, to meet those churches and then preachers that were supporting us. And man, was she blessed just to see how uh, how kind and and uh, how gracious the churches were. But just to be able to mingle with them, uh, you know, a lot of those churches that have been supporting us. And so she was truly blessed. And, and, and I tell uh, churches where I go, I said, you know, my mom and dad, my dad passed away four years ago. But my mom has been one of my uh, most ardent supporters. I mean, she prays for me. And, you know, in Japan, when I need... When I need prayer, I go to my mom and say, Mom, pray for me. And you know, a lot of the prayers that God answers and a lot of the whatever success I have in my ministry, a lot of it comes because I know my mother's praying for me. And, and you remember what Jesus said when the disciples came to him? And they said to him, Well, your mother and brethren are standing outside. My, uh, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring uh, uh, to see thee. Remember that verse is in Luke chapter 8 and verse 20. And, and what did Jesus say? Uh, he said, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. And you know, with my mother in the service, I, I, it's easy for me, for me to say, you know, she's been a good supporter of mine, but listen, I got a lot of mothers here. <laughs> I got a lot of brethren here. Uh, and, and you that hear the word of God and do it, 
you know, you have a very big part in our ministry. And, and I hope you'll be encouraged by the video that you see during the week. But the Apostle Paul, uh, the Apostle John said in 3 John, he says, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. Uh, he says, but I trust I shall shortly see thee and we shall speak face to face. And I thought that was interesting. You know, uh, uh, John was saying to his uh, brother in the Lord Gaius, he says, he says, you know, uh, there's going to come a day. There will be no more writing, uh, no more texting. Uh, uh, there will be uh, no more emailing, no more Skyping. He says, I want to see you face to face. And that's the way my wife and I have felt uh, getting to our churches, being able to meet all of you uh, now. Uh, face to face and being able to share with you what the Lord has been doing. But first of all, we wanted to thank you for your faithful support to us. And, uh, and then also I will have opportunity uh, to share with you what God's leading us to do, but I don't want to go too much into that at this time. But I do want to uh, share a little bit with you the last time that my wife and I did take a furlough. It was about 12 years when we came, came through here about 12 years ago. I had a, a few more churches out here, out in the New England area, and uh, I had to get up to Maine, uh, and we went to Boston, and from Boston we headed north, started going up the coast, and we came into Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, do you, anybody know what Salem, Massachusetts is known for? Huh? Witches. <laughs> Witchcraft, right? <laughs> so anyway, my wife and I, we stopped our car, and we just went into the information center, and... And when I did, I looked up onto the wall of the information center, and I was kind of surprised by what I read on a plaque that was hanging on the wall as you walked into the information center. It said this, America's first missionary, and then it had in parentheses Baptist, left from Salem Bay. And uh, the year was eight. 1812, just when war was about to loom uh, with France and England, the War of 1812. But you know, America's, uh, America was, was also at that time seeing the need to send out missionaries. And that first missionary that we sent out was Adoniram Judson. And Adoniram Judson went to Burma and labored for 40 years there as a great missionary, the first missionary we sent out. I was kind of surprised that they actually, in the information center, actually included the word Baptist in there. <laughs> Maybe they wanted to be known for something else besides witches. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but uh, the first missionary we sent out was a Baptist missionary. And you know, Adonirah Judson wasn't always Baptist. He was a Congregationalist. But there's one thing about him. He studied his Bible. And the more he studied his Bible, the more he realized that the biblical position was the Baptist position. And he became a Baptist, and for the next 40 years, he never changed his doctrinal position again. And uh, he translated the Bible in Burmese, which they still use. What a great missionary that we sent out. And that was over 200 years ago. And... Uh, you know what? 200 years and we're still sending out missionaries. 
we still haven't lost that vision, that burden, that desire, uh, the need to send out missionaries. And, and you know, people that are new in the church, they'll come in and, what's a missions conference all about? You know, I don't know if there's too many churches that would have a missions conference. What's a missions conference anyway? You know? And uh, you, you see that map back there of the world? They walk back there and they, they walk into the church and they see the map of the world. Well, what's that map all about? Folks, that's what the church is all about. That map of the world is what the church is all about. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Zen sekai ni that was Mark 16, 15, in case you think, thought your hearing aid just went berserk. <laughs> You're all right. But Jesus said, Zen sekai ni detiki, go into all the world. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. And that is what the church is all about. And so for over 200 years, man, we have increased our giving so that as God has called missionaries and preacher, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you could not have all the missionaries in the conference that have probably called you and asked you for a meeting. Am I, am I right? Uh, and the reason for that is because God is sending missionaries around the world. And you know, Jesus said, uh, the end will not come until the gospel has been preached to all the world, Right? And we are living in an age where we can preach the gospel into the world, and that's because God has blessed our country uh, materially, financially. We couldn't do that unless He had. And I believe that one reason God has blessed the United States of America is because we have that burden for missions. It's because we have the desire. You know that, that, com- uh, that uh, uh, sending of the missionaries? That is not something we've been doing for 200 years. It's something we've been doing for 2,000 years. Ever since Jesus gave us the command to go into the world. We have, we have continued to obey that command for 2,000 years. All of, most of Jesus' disciples were missionaries. And so the church, when you see the map of the world, that's just, that's just a natural thing inside the church is get the gospel to everybody we can. And as God calls us to go, we have to go. You know, there's 195 countries around the world. I know there's a lot of people who have not heard the gospel, but there's 195 uh, countries around the world. And most of them have the scriptures translated in their language. And we're getting to the place where we will have the gospel preached in all the world. But everybody has to have a part. In getting the gospel out. My part is to go. God's called me. I've been there 42 years. Before I left, I had 100% assurance that God called me to Japan. I knew God called me to Japan. I didn't have to think about it. The only reason I'm still in Japan is because I knew God called me there. And, uh, and, uh, and so, we uh, have to take the gospel when God calls us. But you all also have a very important part, and that's praying for us as we go, of course, and giving that we can go. You know, I go by faith. <laughs> you give by faith. I go by faith. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know from month to month where churches are going to be uh, sending me support, but I'm in the most expensive city in the world, and I, I sure hope they do. <laughs> but uh, I'll, re- I'll, go back, I'll go back in June. Yeah, I was telling my Sunday school class, yeah, we'll pay, we'll pay $300 for a, 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 a cantaloupe. Uh, uh, at, at times. But anyway, 
is, is a very expensive city, and I have to have money to live. But, you know, I trust the Lord, and he's, look, at 42 years, and he's supplied my needs. But we all have to have faith. You have to have faith to give. I have to faith to go. And uh, we all have to have faith that God will use us in our, in our corner. And, you know, I, uh, I, pretty soon I'll get to my message here. <laughs> uh, but uh, you wonder what it's like to be a missionary. Let me share just another story with you. I was flying once back uh, from, uh, I believe I was flying from Michigan back to Japan. And the shortest route, they tell me, is by following the curvature of the earth. And so I was flying over Alaska to Japan, and it was already dark outside, and and, and I, I was looking out for my plane, 25, 35,000 feet up in the air. And, and I mean, just black, dark, you know, uh, uh, just a, a, a dark continent down below, nothing. But, you know, every once in a while, you would see a light here and a light there flickering in the, in the dark. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times that that is me as a missionary, spiritual light. God looks down and he sees our spiritual light flickering in the dark. Because we live in a very spiritually darkened country. You get off the plane, you know that you're, this is total darkness. This is spiritual darkness. And you know what I am? I'm just one of those little flickering lights in the darkness. And in 25, 35,000 feet up, if it's total darkness, guess what? You can see them. You can see those little flickering lights. And, uh, and that's me. I'm just one of those little flickering lights. And you know, a lot of times, my hardest thing as a missionary is when Satan comes along to me and he tells me, what are you doing here? What are you doing in Japan? You're just spinning your wheels. You, you don't need to be here. Go on home. I've heard that over and over again. And, and every time I get discouraged or every time I think, well, what am I doing here? Why am I here? I should be going home. I realize that that's the devil. And I have to say to the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. Because this little light, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> let it shine. Let it shine until uh, Jesus comes. And, and the next verse says, don't let Satan, what? Blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. And I'm just a little light, but listen, folks. It can be seen. Your little light also, by the way, if, if you're shining for the Lord, it can be seen. And, uh, and so that's my uh, introduction to my message this morning. Is that uh, we all have a part in getting out the gospel. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I would like for you to take your Bibles, if you would, and turn it uh, next to the book of Ruth. Would you open your Bibles to the book of Ruth? <clears throat> I have learned to appreciate more and more uh, GPS. Uh, in Japanese, we call it Nabi, uh, short for navigator. <laughs> and uh, Nabi, we call it. Uh, and uh, it, it really helps me as uh, getting around to the places I, I uh, am very, very unfamiliar with. And um, the message title this morning would be God's. Uh, uh, providential signature. God's providential 
signature. When we look, read the book of Ruth, I can't help but think after I've read the book of Ruth that God's providence is at work. Now, providence is a word that's pretty old. (laughs) It's an old word. But it used to be used very often in the writers of our early forefathers. It was in a lot of the papers uh, uh, way back when, when our country was just being founded. That word providence, we don't use it much, but we do have even a state that has a capital called providence. (laughs) So uh, they did know the meaning of the word providence, but uh, I think uh, a word uh, uh, that would be better understood today is the word proactive. God's proactive signature, GPS. God's proactive signature in our life. You know, God works in our lives when he called me to Japan. That was God working in my life. His proactive working in my life. I had a, uh, I had a pastor, uh, actually my home pastor, uh, Pastor Wilkerson is his name. Pastor Wilkerson has a neighbor that was Japanese, and he says, I'd like for you to come over and witness to my Japanese neighbor. Well, she spoke really pretty good English, so I didn't need to use my Japanese. But, you know, I thought, well, maybe she would like to hear, you know, her native tongue. And so uh, my wife went over there, and we were talk, talking to her, you know, and, and uh, it was very uh, a very good time. Uh, uh, her husband had died, and, boy, she had been contemplating suicide and living by herself and, you know, uh, all kinds of strange thoughts, but and so uh, it was a good time. But afterwards, he said, "Thank you for your proactive, thank you for your proactive working uh, uh, with her." And uh, and I, I begin to think, you know what? That's that's the word I want because God seems to work proactively. Now, if you have your Bible open to the Book of Ruth, um, I want you to look in chapter two and verse three. Uh, chapter two and verse three. It says here, uh, and and by the way, Ruth. Uh, uh, Ruth, by the name, uh, her name means friendship. And as you study the book of Ruth, you will see that Ruth was a true blue friend uh, to her mother-in-law. She was a good friend. And, and thus, the word is very appropriate for Ruth. But, but uh, she wouldn't leave her mother-in-law, you know, she, uh, um, uh, she lost her husband. And uh, Ruth and uh, uh, Naomi and Elimelech, uh, there was famine in Israel, and so they had to move. And they moved to Moab. And after they moved to Moab, uh, Naomi lost her husband, Elimelech. And then she lost her two sons, who were married at the time. And so Ruth was there with just her two mother-in-laws and her daughter-in-laws, and then she found out that there was uh, that uh, there was grain again in Israel. And so she was making plans to go back, and she was telling her her uh, daughter-in-laws, "You stay here, you find your husbands, get married again, and uh, live a happy life." That's what she told them. And uh, both of them said, "No, we'll we'll go with you." But she said, "No, no, you you just stay here." I was uh, talking this. Brother, what's your name? Eric. I was talking to Eric, and Eric was telling me uh, he's from South Africa, and I and 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 we were exchanging uh, uh, different customs. And in Japan, uh, if somebody invites you into their home, it's custom to say no, no, that's okay. 
uh, and uh, you have to kind of refuse twice. And if they tell you the third time, come on in, then, then you know it's okay to go in. But anyway, uh, uh, that was that's what uh, 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 Naomi was, no, you just stay here. No, no, we'll go with you. No, you just stay here. Uh, no, we'll go with you. No, you just stay here. And, 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 uh, and she says, no, I'm going with you. <laughs> Whether you want me to come or not, I'm going with you. That's what we're, and so on. in chapter 2 and verse 3, that's a little bit of an idea of uh, what we're reading here. And then in verse 3 it says, and she went, uh, um, well, let me, let's just back up in chapter 1. And in verse uh, uh, 14. I'm sorry, let's, yeah, let's just turn to chapter 1, verse 14. It says, And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people, and unto her gods return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do uh, so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. There's a little story behind this. Uh, when my wife and I were engaged, God called me to Japan. She was training to be an educator. And I uh, was training for the ministry. I didn't know what I was going to be, but I was training for the ministry. And I started praying. And I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just show me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I was working at my dad's gas station. My dad had a gas station and I was working there. And it was a midnight shift that I worked in. As I prayed that prayer, God said to me, go to Japan. And, and I just said, I'll, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything, just tell me what it is and I'll do it. And he said, go to Japan. And so for the next hour or two, I, uh, that went through my heart and my mind. What, what will I do? What will I do? And finally, 2.30 in the morning, I got on my knees outside that gas station, looked up to the stars and said, all right, God, I'll go to Japan if that's what you want. If you don't want me to go, tell me, but I'm going to Japan as a missionary. And I surrendered to go to Japan as a missionary. And uh, uh, I um, burnt my bridges from that point on, and knowing I was going to be a missionary. Now, that word, burning your bridges in Japanese, uh, is um, bury your bones, hone, hone omeru. It means burying your bones. Actually, that's Christian terminology, isn't it? To, uh, to die to yourself. <laughs> Very close to Christian terminology. I died to myself. I buried my bones there at uh, uh, Interstate I-65 and 61st Avenue just before you come to Route 30 there in uh, Maryville, Indiana. And uh, today there's a big Shaver Chevrolet dealership there. And, and every once in a while I thought that I should go back there and say, hey, I have some bones that are buried underneath here. <laughs> and see how they would react. But <laughs> I said, I got some bones here. <laughs> but uh, no, I died. And uh, uh, my bones are buried there. But uh, we, I was still engaged. And, uh, and so Glenda was going to a different Bible college, a uh, different college, training for to be a teacher. And... And uh, I got, got together with her, and I said, I said, listen, I said, God called me to be a missionary. And uh, I said, will you still marry me? And she says, well, I have to pray about it. <laughs> Can't believe that? She had to pray about that. <laughs> and pray she did. And uh, so she went back, and she started praying the next several months, and she was praying, reading her Bible. And 
One morning, she read this passage of scripture. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or return, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And God spoke to my wife and said, Wherever your husband goes, you go. And from that verse and that morning, uh, she knew it was God's will uh, to marry a missionary. Uh, though she nor I knew anything about Japan except... You know, they all had black hair. They're, most of them were short, and they ate fish and rice. That's about all we knew about Japan. <laughs> uh, we determined, uh, determined to go. But, you know, I think about this scripture verse here. And then, and then in, in chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, Now, after they returned to Jerusalem, okay, uh, they have returned to Jerusalem already. And, um, and it says there in verse 3, and uh, verse 2, and Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, isn't that, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the verses, but you know when Ruth is brought up in this book, she's referred to the Moabitess over and over again. And, and uh, in, in Japanese, uh, we, uh, we foreigners are referred to as gaijin. Gaijin, Gai is uh, the kanji, Chinese character for outside. We pronounce it soto. So the, the, the person on the outside, outside person or foreigner, Gaijin. Uh, you know, and I'm a Gaijin. I know what she's thinking. Uh, you know, and I, I was talking with Brother Eric here. You know, uh, it doesn't matter how well I speak the language. It doesn't matter if I can read the language or write the language. I will always be a foreigner in Japan. And uh, people always point to me and say, you know, gaijin, gaijin, <laughs> foreigner, foreigner. And, uh, and no doubt, <laughs> no doubt, uh, Ruth here uh, had the same experience. You know, it, it seems like wherever her name is brought up, oh, she's the gaijin, she's the foreigner, she's the Moabitess. But keep reading, and it says, And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And uh, she said unto her, go, my daughter. Now, she didn't have any idea where she was going to go. And, and this idea of, green, of uh, gleaning after, in the field, verse 3, and it says, and she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Um, what they would do is they would reap the field with the harvest grain, and whatever fell uh, was not picked up by uh, the reapers. Uh, people were allowed to come in and pick that up. Uh, that was a biblical thing. So the poor could go and pick up, uh, pick up the dropped grain and, and uh, live on that. Well, you know, can you imagine Ruth that morning? Uh, she's a Moabitess. She's a foreigner. She kind of sticks out anyway. Can you imagine uh, how she uh, must have been as she left that house this morning, that morning? Uh, she... I had a, 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 you know, she had her the faith of her husband. She was uh, a God-fearing woman by now. Uh, she learned that from her husband, God-fearing woman, and and uh, and so she and uh, uh, Naomi had a word of prayer before she left, and she said, "God lead us uh, to where I can find grain and food for my family," and, and then she departed. And uh, you know, Bethlehem is where we're talking about here. Bethlehem was a typical city in Palestine. Uh, many cities in those days were built upon a hill. 
And this little town of Bethlehem was no exception. We sing about it at Christmas time. It was no exception. It was a little town uh, built on a hill. And Bible scholars, by the way, believe that they have found these ancient fields uh, that uh, it says here in verse 3 that uh, Ruth found. It says, And her half was the light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. That was her father-in-law, Elimelech. And uh, scholars believe they have found these uh, fields that over 3,000 years old. It's right down at the, uh, uh, they're ancient fields, but they're right down there at the uh, uh, very fertile valley of Bethlehem at the foot of a hill that comes down from Bethlehem. And, um, and so um, it says in verse 3 here, that her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Now, uh, this is uh, old English, old English, and act, an old Anglo-Saxon word. Actually, that word "hap" here uh, is an old Anglo-Saxon uh, word, and it just comes from the word "happen." It uh, just so happened, or um, uh, happenstance is another word, or perhaps uh, these all come from that word. And it just means her chance was, or her luck was, to, to light on this field. Now, you know, from, from Ruth's standpoint, from her viewpoint, her finding that field of Boaz was just happenstance. It was just, you know, it just happened. I often say it just happened that, that uh, I did this or did, did that, and, and meaning God was in it all the way. And, and as I mentioned to you, my, my title message is God's Proactive Work in Our Life. And so on, on uh, Ruth's uh, standpoint, this is just happenstance. But you know, uh, for God, nothing is happenstance, nothing is by chance, nothing is by luck. Uh, 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 and, uh, you know, God was in it. Well, how, you go to Ruth and you ask her, Ruth, how did you find this, this particular field? This is a rich man. This Boaz, we read about him. He was a very rich man. And he was, uh, he was related to her, uh, her father-in-law. Uh, and it just says, her half was delight on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. How many, have, how many of you here have asked a Christian one time, uh, a Christian couple, uh, how did you happen to meet? How many have asked that question? Raise your hand. How did you happen to meet? Now, uh, let's suppose the, the, the couple's a Christian. Uh, you would still ask him the same thing, would you not? How did you happen to meet? What we mean is, how did you two get connected? <laughs> how did God put you together? That's what we meant. That's what we mean. But that's not what we say. We, how did you happen to meet? That's, how, that's what we say. And then you say, well, it was like this. God brought us together when we were <laughs> in college, <laughs> kind of thing, or whatever, you know. But uh, uh, that is just the way we talk. And this is the way Ruth talked, you know. Uh, it was just uh, by chance that I found this rich man's field and, uh, and entered into it. Uh, but Ruth, surely you had some uh, inclination of where to go when you left your house. You came down that little hill there from Bethlehem. You came into all those fields and you looked to the right and, and you pro and, and looked to the left. And you, How did you know? Was, was there a sign pointing to Boaz's field? No, there was no sign. Uh, did you hear something from heaven or saying, hey, go, go left, go left? No, you didn't hear anything. No, did you have a dream about it? No, didn't have a dream. No, didn't have a vision. 
didn't have no sign, uh, no red light, no stoplight. I, I just happened to go there, you know. And, uh, uh, and, and you know, that's the way God works in our lives. Uh, the GPS that we depend upon when we drive our cars, that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has a way of working in each Christian's heart and life. He's going to tell you how much to give to missions this, this week. And, and I hope you follow. I hope you follow his instruction because you know what happened to Ruth by following um, God's leading. I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, God's work in our life is proactive. It just keeps on going. And I'm in the place in my, in my life as a, as a missionary. I want to go out and plant churches. That's been my heart for 40-some years, is to plant churches. That's what I wanted to do. I, I see a piece of my fruit every time I go by those churches. I see, well, this is what God did. And that's been my heart, but God's been kind of leading me in a different direction uh, th- over this past year. And I'm going to share that with you. But, uh, and you know what? God doesn't always lead us in the same way. Like I said, I had 100% assurance that God wanted us in Japan. But this time, when I go back in June or July, I don't have 100% assurance that what I'm doing is God's will. But then I remember reading in one of my commentaries by a man named H.A. Ironside. How many have known that, How many have known that name? I was reading one of his commentaries, and, and I, I can't say for sure if these numbers are correct, but I'm pretty, uh, it's pretty close. But he said, he said, of all of the decisions that I have made in my life, 80% of the time, I made the decision without having 100% assurance that it was God's will until after I made the decision. And I thought, wow, H.G. Ironside said that? <laughs> yeah. 80% of the time, he made a decision not knowing 100%, uh, uh, not having assurance that it was God's will until after he made the decision. How many Christians are, can testify to that? Uh, I, uh, I can. I, I remember our last church that we were buying, uh, trying to buy for a church. And uh, we, we had already been approved at the bank. The bank says, yeah, you know... Um, uh, all, all these churches have been in my name. The very first church has been in my name, so I kind of have a, a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word, um, collateral? Is that the word? Uh, probably a different word, but anyway. So I kind of had a little bit. But then I went to the bank. I had $250,000 that they would approve me uh, for a house or for a, a building. And so uh, my son Steve and I, we started looking around. And, man, every place we went, oh, this, this is good. You know, we could do this, we can do that. This will work, you know. <laughs> but they all fell through. And it wasn't God's will. It's about the only thing we could say. Until my last, my last church, it was like a $450,000 building. And uh, uh, the realtor called me. He says, I have this place. You can go look at it. It's right in your price range. Uh, it was being uh, foreclosed on. And so uh, uh, it was a $400,000 building. And, and they were selling it for $180,000 dollars. And so Stephen and I went over and looked at, oh, yeah, this is it. This is God's will, you know. And so uh, we, said, we told our realtor, we want to buy it. So we uh, started, started uh, and went back to the uh, bank and said, this is the building we want. And so anyway, make a long story short, 
Somebody, uh, the realtor called me back two days later and said, sorry, uh, you can't have it. Somebody else is going to pay cash for it. And our heart sunk. <laughs> then he called me two days back later. And he says, uh, you still want that building? He says, the guy is going to pay cash. He says he didn't want to buy it uh, in the condition that it was in, as is condition. So if you want it, you can have it. And, uh, and so we went to the bank and, and, and God worked it out. And we, ha- we have a building now. You'll see it on the video. But anyway, uh, there's a lot of decisions we make without knowing God's in it. But you know what? If we turn it over to the Lord and we pray and, and God will proactively work. And, and I, I, I assume there's a lot of people here who need prayer. And you have maybe physical problems and you have uh, you have this and you have that and you need to and you need prayer. Just remember, just like Ruth, God does work proactively in each one of our lives. He's a wonderful God. And in fact, if you go back to Isaiah chapter 30 or Isaiah, I think it's chapter 30. He's God is wonderful in counsel. It says God is wonderful in counsel. There's a verse there, and uh, and you know what he is, and, and so uh, you know today's story. As I think about Ruth, uh, you know, she started working in this field of Boaz. Pretty soon they had a relationship, and they got married, and they had children, and from her line came the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. You think that was a coincidence? It couldn't be because it prophesied it in Micah chapter five verse two. <laughs> it couldn't be pro- it couldn't be coincidence. It was all providence. It was all the proactive work of God. And, and they had children, and and uh, King David was among her uh, ancestors. And uh, here's a Moabite woman. Here's a Gaijin. Here's a foreigner. And God led her to Boaz. And they had children and a happy life and. And they had, on down the line, they had the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, the King of Israel. Soon to be the King of Israel, I should say. (laughs) Not yet, but he's going to be King of Israel one day. That's in prophecy too. Uh, And and God's got it all ready. Uh, He's got it all ready for us. And so today, let me me encourage you that uh, the Holy Spirit, He leads, He guides us, uh, and He's like... Uh, uh, he's like just like a GPS that you would follow anywhere uh, in your and, and uh, uh, I don't know what I do without it. But I, I remember in the old days, man, we'd have a map. <laughs> we'd have a map spread out in my car. My wife is getting pretty good at reading those maps, but uh, uh, don't have to have that anymore. We have the GPS with us, and and uh, as Christians, we also have the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. <clears throat> you know. Um, we don't have to have a sign. We don't have to depend upon visions or dreams. Uh, we don't have to hear a voice. And that's because God speaks to us. And I sure hope this week that God speaks to your heart. I sure, I sure hope that you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not audibly, but in your heart. I believe that God is going to do a work in this missions conference. And I believe God wants you to be a very, very important part to our missionary endeavors throughout the world.
And I hope you'll pray. As the pastor asked you to do, I hope you'll pray about it. And really get involved uh, uh, with whatever God would have you to do during this missions conference. And you know, whatever you give to God, I know He'll bless it. And if you give your life to God, I know He'll bless that too. If God could take somebody like me and use me in a country that's 100% literate, the most expensive city in the world, one of the hardest, they call Japan the graveyard of missionaries. And there's a reason why they do that. But if God could use me in Japan, He could use any of us anywhere in the world. So you listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you through our missions conference. Thank you. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, what good's a GPS if you don't use it? can't tell you how many times I've been going somewhere and I thought I knew the way on my own and just to get lost in the neighborhood and then pull out the GPS humbly in front of my family and punch in the directions and follow that little voice. Christian, you're wandering through life trying to do it your way, ignoring what God's telling you to do. Why don't you make a decision today that throughout this conference, you're going to follow the leadings of God. You're going to tune down the noise of life and you're going to allow God's Holy Spirit to speak inside of you and to you and direct you. And as He directs, you'll follow. He might take you down a road that looks treacherous for you, but I promise you the road he's going to take you down is a road of victory. But you've got to be willing to do it. You've got to be willing to allow him to direct you instead of you directing yourself. There might be somebody here today that you've not allowed the gospel to direct you to salvation. My friend, you don't get to heaven on your own. You get to heaven by trusting in Jesus. He lived, he died for you on the cross. Your good behavior is not going to earn you any credit with God. Your, your faith in His great sacrifice, that gets you salvation. How many here today say, Pastor Lejeune, there was a day in my life I put my faith and trust in Jesus to save me. This is my testimony. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Is there one here today say, Pastor, I don't know that. I'm not against the gospel. I'm not against heaven and hell and the Bible and church, but I I just don't know. I don't know that if I were to slip into eternity today that I would be in heaven with God, but I would like to know that. If that's where you're at right now, my friend, my goal is not to embarrass you. It's to pray for you. So in the privacy of the moment, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, would you just raise your hand? I could pray for you. How many here today say, Pastor, I want to follow the Lord's leadings in my life when it comes to missions, the giving, the going, the praying. Pastor, here's my hand. Pray for me that I will follow his leadings this week through this conference. If that's you, as you raise your hand. Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to have a tender spirit. I want to have a tender spirit. Lord, I ask today that you'd help us as we consider the preaching. Lord, we look at Ruth in a time where she was desperate. Uh, No food, a new country, new language probably to her in some aspects, new culture. 
and she cling, she she clinged to you, and Lord, you delivered for her in such a tremendous way. Ended up being one of your great 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 grandmothers. And God, what great things you'll have for us if we'll just trust and follow. I pray that you do a work in our hearts during this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. The altar's open. The piano is playing. I'd like to make a decision right now. Step out and say, I will be sensitive to the Lord's leadings this week. And as this conference moves forward, I will follow his leadings and guidings in my life. I will let God use me the way that he used Ruth. If you're here today and you've not been saved, Pastor Mike's standing down here. He'd like to take the Bible and show you that. You've been saved, but you've not yet been baptized. We have one today that will be baptized. We'd like to discuss with you how that can happen today. If you've been saved and baptized, but uh, you've not yet joined our church, we'd love to help you with that decision as well. Let's make decisions for the Lord as the piano plays. All right, you can look this way. Be seated just for a moment, if you would. We have some exciting announcements to make uh, this, this morning. Uh, first, little Sean, if you'd stand up for me there. Sean has put his faith and trust in Jesus to save him. Amen. And uh, he got to do that with his mom in, in his bedroom. And then I got to sit and chat with him, make sure he understood that, and talk to him about baptism. Sean wants to get baptized today. All right, we're excited for you. Mom and Dad, if you'll stand up next to him here. Sean and Amber have been coming to our church for a long time, and uh, Amber was uh, saved, I believe, as a nine-year-old girl here at, under Pastor Brown's ministry, and then Sean was saved at a, uh, as a result of a funeral he attended here some time back, and uh, they, uh, they have been, both been saved and baptized in our church. They want to be members. We're excited to have them. So if you're in favor of, uh, you're a member here already, and you're in favor of Sean and Amber being members of our church, you just uh, give a hearty Amen. All right. Congratulations, guys. Glad to have you on board. And we'll bring Sean on back here now to get him ready for baptism. Pastor Mike, if you come up and lead us in a song, that'd be great. Let's stand. Let's stand and sing a song. Let's stand and sing uh, 259. Hymn 259. 259 will sing to God be the glory as we wait for the baptism. If I can have an usher... First one, 
To God be the glory, great things He had done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He had done. Verse number two. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. To every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He had done. And the last, great things He had taught us, great things He had done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Be seated. This is uh, Sean Stiglinger. Sean, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you? Have you done that? Have you trusted Jesus to save you? Yes. Yes, very good. All right. Upon your public profession of your faith in Him, I baptize you, my little brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of His death, raised to walk in newness of life. Let's all stand. Excited for Sean there. Missionaries, we'll want to have you be dismissed to the back to your tables. And that way uh, the uh, folks can stop by your tables and greet you. Uh, pick up a prayer card of our missionaries uh, on your way out today. Take your time and talk to them and uh, get to know them a little bit better. They'll be here all week long. I hope you'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock. If you don't normally come on Sunday nights, let me encourage you to make a strong effort to be here. All conference long. You'll be glad you did. And we're looking forward to what God's going to do uh, with us this evening in the service. Uh, let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. 
and uh, we'll, uh, we'll go from this place. Before we do, if you're supposed to take uh, one of our missionaries out to lunch today, if you would just congregate in the back once everyone's dismissed, and I can, I can give you some instructions. All right, let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Mike Surrett, if you would close us in prayer.